Welcome to Speaking of Love, the podcast with your host, LaToya. This podcast was created as a platform for spreading love. They say love is the strongest magnetic force on the planet Earth. But if this is really true, why is love such a complicated subject matter? Welcome to Speaking of Love, the podcast, and I am your host, LaToya. I created this podcast in honor of my dad, who was an acclaimed television broadcast engineer for nearly four decades. He also hosted an award-winning radio show called Speaking of Sports, which is the inspiration behind the name of this podcast, Speaking of Love. My dad was an amazing guy who achieved levels of success that most people only dream of. He was held in the highest esteem, and yes, he was a star in the public eye. But on March 2nd of 2020, his private struggles became public when he murdered his wife moments before taking his own life. So I created this podcast as a platform for spreading love around the globe while raising awareness for mental health and suicide prevention. My name is LaToya Bond, and I have a podcast called Speaking of Love. My podcast is dedicated to the memory of my dad who took his own life in a murder-suicide. Aside from that, I am a business owner. I have a home-based business. I am also a legal professional during my nine-to-five day, and I am a person who operates her entire life on the premise of spreading love. It's the secret to my success. It's the secret to my longevity on this earth. And it's what keeps us going because love is the thing that makes all things beautiful. So that's why I'm here today to talk about my favorite subject in the whole wide world, and that's love. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Speaking of Love, the podcast. And yes, love is the thing that makes all things beautiful. I am so happy to be here today. I missed you all last week. I was not here, but I just want to say I appreciate each and every one of you for taking out time today to be with me. And I welcome you to Speaking of Love. I have a beautiful young lady here who has a big heart and she loves animals. And as a cat mom, I truly can relate to the love. So let me introduce my guest to you all today. Her name is Jamie Lee. Let me tell you about this lady. She is dynamic. Jamie is an award-winning Let Animals Lead teacher, practitioner, speaker, and author. She is a lifelong animal lover, but she first experienced the healing power of the human-animal bond after a devastating flash flood, and it left her hometown completely destroyed. Today, Jamie works with pets, parents, performance animals, animal shelter staff, veterinarians, 
She's a beautiful lady. Welcome to Speaking of Love, Jamie. How are you today? Oh, I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for inviting me to be here today. I'm so happy. I am so happy that you are here. I'm an, I have a cat. Her name is Faith, and I have been a cat mom for a little over 12 years now, and she is the love of my life. She has changed the course of my life in such a positive way. So I'm excited about talking to yes. you today. I remember yesterday I was driving on the expressway and I was thinking, I can't wait to interview Jamie tomorrow. So how <laughs> are you today, Jamie? I am doing wonderful, thank you. And I've got my three pups, they're sleeping here in the room, so they wanted to get in <laughs> on the action. <laughs> And you know, Jamie, there's one other thing that I read about you that I did not mention is that you used to be a fire inspector at yes. one point in your life. I have. I've had many different careers. This has been quite a journey. I worked in television when I first got out of college. Then I had a I was an entrepreneur. I had a small business. Then I went into law enforcement doing communications and crime scenes and different things like that. And then when I moved to Vegas, I got on as a fire inspector. And I did that for, I think it was 14 years. So how did you end up being an animal advocate? Well, I've always loved animals. Um, you know, growing up, you know, like so many children, I loved animals. But for me, it was a little bit more than that. My um, home life was, you know, at the time I used to say difficult. Now I just realized it was a challenge and it was a lesson for me. But my father, I don't know exactly how he would be diagnosed, but he definitely had a personality disorder and a mental illness. And so he could be distant. He could be emotionally cruel. He just wasn't a healthy man. Um, and because of that, I remember just being afraid all the time, always afraid. I didn't know of what, but I was afraid. And I would go outside. Fortunately, we lived near some woods and I, it was back when, you know, kids would go out during the day and you wouldn't see them till dinner time and nobody worried about it. And I had animals, all kinds of animals, whether it was pets, I had frogs, I had turtles, you know, cats, dogs. There was a feral colony that I used to hang out with, feral colony of cats um, behind our house. So animals, I felt safe with them, whereas mm -hmm. I didn't feel safe in the home. And so that was much more of just, you know, oh, this little girl loves animals. There was definitely a bond. I felt like they accepted me for who I was. I was safe with them. Um, and so as I grew older, um, you know, I wanted to always give back to them. And I, I still say that today. I, I have a debt that I need to pay back mm. because when I was, it was just shy of my 13th birthday, um, there was a flash flood. It's still in the top 10 worst flash floods in the nation. Um, and it was in Rapid City, South Dakota, and it came in one night and it pretty much destroyed the whole community. It, it took um, 58 of our neighbors died and I knew them because I had a paper route. Wow. Uh, they lost their homes. We lost our home. We didn't lose any immediate family members. There was only four of us, but I lost all my pets. 
And so yeah. that was devastating because they were my family. And so I remember I, I was having trouble dealing with that, of course. And we didn't get help for any of that. Of course not, you know, back then. So I was not quite 13. I was two weeks before my birthday, actually. So for my birthday, a friend got me a eight-week-old Siamese kitten. Aww. And that kitten just brought, she brought hope and laughter back into my life where there had been none for several weeks. Um, and so I, you know, I began the process of healing. It wasn't overnight. Um, it was a long process and it wasn't just the gift of the kitten, but she certainly helped. And animals, other than those two weeks after the flood, animals have always been a part of my life. I've always shared my life with an animal. There hasn't been a time when there wasn't one in my life. Wow, that's beautiful. So what was the kitten's name? You got to tell oh, me. I named him O.W. for Orville Wright because he used to fly up the curtains. You know, he'd run like kittens do all crazy and he'd fly up the curtains and then he'd jump off and fly through the room. And so I named him Orville Wright. <laughs> that is amazing. O.W. And how long did you end up having him? O.W. Oh, my goodness. She went to college with me. So she must have been about 18. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. My cat is... I've had her for 12 and a half years, but I think she's closer to 13 because I got her when she was about eight months old and I adopted okay. her through a, a, a mission, a rescue mission. And it's been one of the most positive, beautiful experiences. She uh, actually, she adopted me. If, when I think about it, she came into my life to make me a better person. And I have had her all this time. She has never given me an ounce of trouble in, in all these years. She's just a beautiful, beautiful soul. So, Jamie, talk to me about your practitioner work. What does that mean? Define that animal practitioner. What does that mean? So, so the let animals lead method is a method based on Reiki, but it's also um, a meditative method. So this goes back to a traditional Japanese form of meditation and Reiki. And so the let animals lead, basically what we do is we meditate with animals. Mm. And by meditating with the animals, not only does it help the animal, but it helps the owner, the pet parent, it helps me. Um, because, you know, you said something about how your, your cat picked you and changed your life for the better. Mm -hmm. And animals have the power to do that if, if we can let go of our ego and, you know, forget about the fact that, you know, I think so many times people think that, oh, we're up here and the animals are down here, but really that's not how it was intended. Mm -hmm. They are, there's this beautiful, and I don't care what you call it, if you um, want to call it God, if you want to call it spirit, if you want to call it universe, there is a divineness inside all of us. Mm -hmm. There is a 
divineness inside the animals. It's the same, same divineness. And when we can sit with an animal and see them not as a being that's lower than us or even an animal I have to take care of, but if we can see them as a spiritual partner, mm -hmm. our life can be transformed and their life can be transformed. And that's kind of what I do when I sit in meditation. I create a, a space and I just invite the animal to step in if they want. And most of the time they do because they're so thrilled. You know, in our society, animals don't really have a voice. Um, right. Even people who love them. I mean, I have to watch out for my animals and I make the decisions for them. Um, not to mention the wild animals or, you know, the farm animals. And choice has been taken away from them. So when you sit with them and just say, I am just here to create peace for you if you want it. Um, it's just transformational what you will see happen. I've had so many, so many animals that have done such amazing things when I approach them that way. Wow. And it's so true what you're saying, because I've been through some devastating things in my life, losing my dad tragically. I went through a very heartbreaking divorce and some ch other changes in my life. And my basement flooded one time. But in every heartbreak I have ever had in the last 12 years, my cat, she's always there. She's right there at my foot to let me know, mom, I'm here for you. I love you. And I just, it's its a sort of a bond that I've never seen anything like it in my life. I've never experienced anything. So it definitely, it definitely has a, there's a sacred presence when she's around. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that sacred presence. Yes. Because mm -hmm. that's, you know, they really remind us who we are because and, you know, this podcast is all about love, and that's who we are at our core. We came as these beings of love, and we have forgotten, you know, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And whether it's our ego, whether it's all the distractions, whatever it is, we forget when we come to this planet. And the animals are here to remind us, hey, we're all beings mm -hmm. of love. That's what we're about. <laughs> Don't forget that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yes. Now, Jamie, how do you describe this? Because there is like an unspoken language between animals and humans. So there's a look that my cat could have. She can have a look on her face and I'll know exactly what that look means. How do you explain that? <laughs> uh, you know, animals communicate through body language and energy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think we used to be able to do that quite well, but we have this gift of language and sometimes maybe that's not such a gift because mm -hmm. I think we've lost touch with our ability to pick up on other people's energies, to watch their body language and animals haven't forgotten that. But when we get around them, they remind us, I mean, because we can't use our words as much. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can train and they understand words. But if you really want to communicate with them, you know, and like see how they're feeling or have a conversation with them, you learn that you have to watch how they communicate. Mm 
right? It's not how we're used to communicating. Now we have to say, how do you communicate? I need to start watching you. And you have learned to speak her language. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So you work with veterinarians. Talk to me about the work that you do with veterinarians and veterinarian staff. Um, uh, so a lot of holistic veterinarians are familiar with Reiki. Um, traditional veterinarians, not so much because, you know, sometimes it has this woo-woo reputation. But the benefits of meditation has been researched. You know, it, it lowers people's blood pressure. It lowers your heart rate. Um, it just, there's so many benefits to it. And I always say, you know, if stress is contagious, which it can be, because we've all been around stressful people. We have stressful friends. And by the time they leave, we're kind of like, <laughs> you know, wired up. Um, well, if stress is contagious, so is peace. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. in the veterinary environment, especially right now, they have one of the highest suicide rates right up there with cops and firefighters. Really? That is... A is it because of the stress level? I, you know, I've talked to some of my friends who are vets and they have their own ideas. Um, some of it is because of the job they do. It can be difficult. You have owners who really don't care and you know they're putting animals down um and euthanizing them on a regular basis that can yeah. be difficult it can be a lot of them it's social media when they do things that have to be done or somebody has a bad experience with the office staff or whatever um then they get attacked on social media and most people who go into the veterinary practice are very empathetic, caring people mm -hmm. that really have a hard time dealing with that. So, um, you know, they they just don't they they go in because they want to make a difference. Sure. And unfortunately, the numbers are so high um, that they feel like they're not making a difference. They're not saving animals, although they are. Mm -hmm. um, it's not, it just doesn't seem like it. They get lost in, I always like to say that animal rescue, especially, um, I have several friends involved in that. I, I help animal rescues. It's kind of like a storm. This whole crisis of our over pet population that we have, the homeless animal population, it's like a hurricane. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the bands come in and it's just destructive, right? And we have all these animals that are suffering and starving and people are hoarding them and it goes on and on. But then the eye comes over and the eye is peaceful. Mm. And what rescuers and veterinarians have to learn to do is to move into that eye because that's where the peace is. That's where the animals are joyful. If they stay mm -hmm. out in the bands of all the mm -hmm. horrible things that you can go on Facebook and everybody's sharing all the horrible things that happens to animals. I don't even try to watch them anymore. But if you stay in that, it like any storm, it's going to take you down. You can drown and you're not going to make it out. Yeah. And I think that's what happens to so many people in the rescue world, the veterinarians. And, you know, vets, they have easy access to medicine 
you know, some of them have told me they think that it's because they realize that they're putting the animal out of their misery mm. and they have this medication. And if they're miserable, what is the difference between doing something, helping this animal, relieving it from pain? Well, I'm in pain and I have this medicine. I can relieve myself from pain. Sure. And so that's just some of the things that people have told me. I don't think there's been really, they're just now starting to look at it because the numbers are so high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's fascinating. So, Jamie, what do you love most about the work that you do? You know, I get to spend my days hanging out with animals. Aww. You know, I may be with a dog. I may be out in a field hanging out with horses <laughs> or a donkey. You know, all the careers that I've had, um, a bad day doing this is better than the best day of all those other careers. Wow, that is powerful. Yes. Wow. What is your greatest accomplishment as an animal advocate? What would you say has been your greatest accomplishment? You know, I think I'm only I think the greatest accomplishment is been the change it's made in my life. Mm. Um, you know, yes, I say, I, I, I don't even like to say I help the animals because they allow that to happen. Sure. I'm there, I'm holding the space, but they allow it to happen. They allow me to be there. Um, and so it's not like I'm doing anything to them. Uh, <laughs> I'm just holding space and they're allowing it. And so what's happened is my life has been transformed by this practice. So through this practice, um, because it is based on a Japanese system, the original system was for people to find enlightenment. Mm. It wasn't about healing, which is what Reiki has become known for today. Originally, it was to help people on a spiritual path. And as I began working with this, you know, I started 18 years ago and I learned that it was all about healing. I learned the techniques for human because it's very different for how you offer it to humans and animals. And so I went through this gamut and I always wondered, why is it, you know, something's missing, something's missing. What is it? I don't understand. It's, it's just not working. And then Ricky would come along and tap me on the shoulder and it's like, oh, well, I'll try this class. And finally, I found this let animals lead method, which brings in the spirituality that was mm. always there in the beginning. And for me, it was just like everything clicked then. Because mm -hmm. I always wanted to help the animals and work with them. And now the animals have helped me with my own spiritual practice. They've given wow. that back to me. Oh my goodness. It's kind of like they've rescued you. <laughs> they, yes, they have. And I say that all the time, you know, it's like, I really haven't done that much for them. They've done much more for me. <laughs> I can imagine. That's beautiful. 
So we're coming off the brinks of a, of a major pandemic. What uh, has sustained you and what has been your greatest lesson during all this time of crisis and shutdown? You know, the pandemic for me, um, and it, it, when it first happened, it was like, I went, oh, I can breathe. The world has stopped because I was busy. I, I mean, I started this business when I had a full-time job. Um, so I had to have everything scheduled, scheduled, scheduled. Oh, what time is it? What day is it? Where am I supposed to be? But, 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 you know, and I was hustling to make this happen. Um, then I left my full-time job to go full-time into what I'm doing now. I took a, just took a leap of faith and then the pandemic hit. Wow. And so I'm like, okay, but I don't have to be anywhere. And I would sit out in the yard and I'm fortunate. I have a nice size yard and I feed the birds and my dogs were there. And, you know, I would watch the stories about how the air was becoming clean and the animals were coming back to areas. And I just felt like I could breathe again. Mm-hmm. And part of it, you know, and I'm like, all my friends were calling and are you okay? Cause I live alone, you know, other, I have my kids, my pups. And I'm like, well, of course I'm okay. What's wrong with you? You know, aren't you okay? <laughs> and I didn't understand it until just recently I was talking to a friend. I said, you know, I don't understand why people had such a hard time. I feel bad for the health issues, but I don't know why they, they didn't just embrace this moment. And mm-hmm. then it dawned on me that, you know, not everyone, needs alone time to recharge. Some Mm -hmm. people recharge in the presence of others. And I thought, what if I had been forced to be around people for a year? Oh my gosh, I would be just where they're at now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at first I was kind of, I had some judgment going on because I thought this was wonderful. But as it's gone on, it's helped me realize that everybody recharges differently. Everybody has their own needs, you know, and ways of getting those filled. For some people, it's being in crowds of people or being with family. For me, it's being out in nature. It's being around animals. Getting away from people helps me (laughs) recharge. Yes. Sometimes you need to do that. (laughs) Yes. So, you know, and everybody's different and realizing that. And then, you know, just realizing What's really important? It was another one of those moments like after the flood because we lost everything mm-hmm. and you have to learn what's important. Mm-hmm. It's not all the stuff. Um, and even after the pandemic, okay, we didn't really lose anything. We lost some of our freedom to go and do things. All right. That's temporary. All of this around us, all our material goods, all our ability to get in our car and go somewhere, all of that is temporary anyway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're all moving on to something I believe is much better um, eventually. And so this is temporary. Even the problems, they're temporary. They're going to come around. Yes, they are. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I so it's like I can't lose my mind because this happened. Um, you know, it's like, okay, I'm living through this. Other generations have lived through 
things mm -hmm. like this. My parents were children of the depression then they had the world war, you know, so they lived through a lot. And this is just part of being here on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. You have to take the good with the bad and yes. the bitter with the sweet. But I like what you said, everything that we're going through and experiencing is only temporary. Everything yes. is impermanent. And there's always there's always um, a gift or a lesson in it. Sure. You know, and that's what I try to look for. I, I look at that with my home life when I was a child. I you know, I I don't care how the car got in the ditch. It's only important that the car gets out of the ditch. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so there's some lessons and some blessings. Yeah. From my father. There's lessons and blessings from the flood. Sure. Uh, you know, just like the pandemic, there was lessons and blessings for us if we wanted to see them. Mm -hmm. Thank you for touching on that. And I think that there is a lesson and a blessing in my tragedy with my dad taking his own life. And so when my father was in his prime, he was a radio TV broadcast engineer for many years. And he hosted a radio show called Speaking of Sports many years ago. And when he passed away, I wanted to do something to honor him. And I wanted to create it, create a show because my dad loved public speaking. He loved being in radio. He loved what he did for um, his profession. And so I created this podcast called Speaking of Love because I know nothing about speaking of sports <laughs> after my dad. So I created this podcast <laughs> as a platform for spreading love. And the million dollar question that I ask all of my guests who sit before me is, uh, Jamie, how do you define love? Oh, there's so many ways, right, that we're taught. There's the romantic love. There's the love that you feel for your children. Uh, I, I think our definition of love changes as we go through time. Yes. But I think if we, you know, for me now, I'm at a point in my life that um, love, love is about forgiveness. Mm. And it doesn't mean that you allow people to treat you bad or, you know, that you accept unacceptable behavior. It's that you look at that and you let go with love. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's what my lesson has been, especially with my father, because I, I had a lot of resentment, a lot of hate towards him. And now I can see that he was not a healthy man. He was sick. He was, had mental illness. He uh, does it excuse his behavior? No. And would I, you know, and I did distance myself from him because I felt it was safer for, for me. Of course. And I, and I don't regret that decision at all. Um, and he's Is passed your father away. still alive today? He has passed away. Um, and I found out from an email, one of my friends told me, because I'd moved away, because uh, his wife wasn't close with us either. Um, and when I when I heard, it was a sense of relief, like, oh, he can't come after me anymore, because he would do those kind of things. But now, you know, I don't have to worry about him harming me in any way. And I can look at it, and I can say, you know, he was a very sick man. And... Mm -hmm. 
um, no, what he did, he wasn't a good dad. Okay. Um, but that doesn't mean that I have to hang on. I can let go of this anger and forgive him. And that is the, that's the love that I can give him. Wow. You know, I can't have a father daughter relationship like some people with him, but I can give him that love where I just let go and say, you know what? I understand. I forgive. Wow. And so that's, so when did you get to the point of forgiveness for your dad? Like at what point did that take place? It's been probably recently. Mm. It was a, you know, it would happen by, I'd take like two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, and then something would happen and it would trigger something and it'd stir up all those old feelings again. Um, I don't know if he was still alive, if I would be able to be this generous. <laughs> Ah, well, you know, I, I don't know because he was the type that liked to pop in and cause problems. Um, but now that he's passed away, uh, I can step back. I can look at it and everything passes, right? Just like right. all our troubles. This was, this was a problem. Uh, he created a lot of problems for me, but there was lessons there too. Mm -hmm. And you've turned um, it into something positive. Yeah. It, yes. It you didn't really stay difficult. stuck in it. And that's what I respect about people who have endured what you have endured. You've gone through pain and you've grown, you grew up in a household with a dad that wasn't always there for your needs, but you have taken your pain and your trials and created a better life for not only for yourself, but you're using your love to help other people. And I respect and admire people who do this. So thank you for oh, that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And, you know, that's what I try to do. Even, you know, people hire me to come help their animals, which I love to do. But really, what I have to offer will help them. And I usually need to work with them because animals... Mm -hmm are just mirrors of what's going on in that household. Mm. And so when I walk in and if I see an animal, and, and I did this one time, I was in a sanctuary and I was offering Reiki to the animals. I it was a no kill shelter and I was getting ready to leave. And the manager came up and said, would you mind staying? My friend is coming with her dog who has cancer and he has surgery tomorrow. Would you offer Reiki? And I said, well, sure. So they came and we went out one of the big outdoor pens. It was just us. And the dog, it was a big dog of some kind. I can't remember what. And it was just running as fast as it could, that fence line all the way around. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even get the dog's attention. I'm not going to be able to do anything here because the animal has to agree to it. And he was just like this. And then she came up to me <laughs> and she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm so upset. I've never had a dog before. And if he dies, I've never had a dog die. I don't know. And I'm, I, blah, blah, blah. and she was like that. And I was just like, okay, okay. And so I said, wow. excuse me, um, could I offer you a Reiki chair session? And she looked at me kind of funny because she's like, what me? You're supposed to help my dog. But she agreed. She sat down. I just began to meditate with her and, you know, just touch her shoulders. And within 30 seconds, her dog came over and laid down at her feet. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And so then I realized, oh, it's not the dog. The dog is not worried about this surgery at all. The dog is not worried about the cancer. 
the dog mm -hmm. is worried because mom is so freaked out and I mm -hmm. have to calm her down. Mm -hmm. And he can sense that. Wow. Yes. Wow. That's amazing. So if someone wanted to reach out to you, Jamie, for your services, I have your contact information here and I am going to post it here so that anyone who would like to reach out to Jamie for her services, her website is www.animal-bonds.com. Is that correct? That is correct. And her email address is Jamie, that's J-A-M-I-E, at animal-bonds.com. Yes. Yep. Jamie? And I'm happy to, you know, just talk to people, explain what it is, how they can bring it into their life, or just answer their questions about it. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's, a, that's totally amazing. I want to move a little bit on the subject matter of suicide. Uh, as you uh -huh. know, the, the suicide prevention and awareness uh, life is what I have taken on. And I want to help people. I want to get those numbers down. I don't know if we'll ever live in a world where suicide doesn't exist, but I want to do my part from my corner of the world to help people and to keep them alive a little bit longer. Um, I know having an animal for me has really been therapeutic. There are therapy animals that help people who have gone through traumas, gone through crisis. And so what I want to say to our audience today is if there's anyone that's feeling down and out and suicidal and you don't want to be here anymore, the first thing I want to encourage you to do is dial the suicide lifeline number. That number is 988. Please call that number just like you would call 911 in an emergency. You can now dial 988 which is the Suicide Lifeline number. There are trained professionals there to help you. But I also want to encourage you to connect with an animal. If you don't have one, connect with someone in your life who has an animal and maybe just spend a little time bonding with that animal. And I assure you that you will feel, you will feel better. What do you think about that, Jamie? Absolutely. There's a saying um, in the rescue world that, uh, all animals are therapy animals. It's just some are amateurs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and uh, it's really true. And, you know, they just have this ability to help us when we are at our lowest. Um, there, I was doing a speech one time and I was researching and there was a story of a gentleman and he was a veteran and he had come back from war and he was suffering from PTSD. And he had gone outside to smoke what he thought was going to be his last cigarette because he planned on taking his life. And he sat down and he's smoking the cigarette and out of the bushes came this tiny, dirty, hungry, scrawny kitten that was crying, came up to him and was rubbing against him, begging for help. And he said in that moment, he broke down in tears. And then he said he knew that he had Aww. to stop thinking about his problems and figure out how he was going to save this little kitten. And he took the kitten home. Aww. And today, 
this man is now running a program to help other veterans who are suicidal and suffering from PTSD. Oh, so he's married. The, kid, the kitten's a big fat cat now. And he was oh, you have to give me his name. I would love to interview him. Yes, I will find it definitely because, you know, and it's yeah. that's the power that they bring to our lives. And I think that's why. Um, you know, I do believe everyone comes to the planet for a purpose. And I believe the animals are here to help us on walk this journey. If we would just let go of the ego, let go of this idea that we know everything and just turn to them and say, I need some help. Walk with me. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, definitely. And that's what I teach people to do with their pets to be able to drop all the pretense and just walk together and learn together and help each other on this journey. Yes, and that's why we were put on this earth, not for our own benefit, but for the benefit of mankind and yes. to help each other. That's why we're here, Jamie. Yes, absolutely. You know, I look at you and you are such a success and you have created this life for yourself. You're helping others through the love of animals. Is there someone in your life who inspired you to be the person that you are today? Oh, you know, I've had, I've been fortunate. I've had a number of people that have been placed in my life when I needed that. Oh. Um, I really admire strong, independent women. Um, Jane Goodall, I admire her so much because she went out, she was doing something at a time when, you know, women just didn't necessarily do that. And all the scientific people were putting her down because she wasn't a trained scientist. Yet, she believed in this. She listened to the animals, you know, and no one is more respected than her in understanding the chimpanzees and yeah their culture and how they live, you know, but she wasn't in the beginning, but she just, she just followed her heart and knew this is what she was here to do. Mm, um, kind of like you. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I love Oprah and I mean, everybody thinks of all her money and, you know, everything she touches is gold. But what I love about her is she was one of the first people on TV that I remember talking about spirituality in mainstream mm -hmm. wasn't in church it was just she would bring up these topics about our spirituality and i think it was risky back then when she was doing this and so i love that you mm -hmm. know and so there's pieces of all these really strong women that have used their voice and they understand that they came here for a purpose and maybe they didn't always know what that was, but they just kept walking forward and they want to make a difference for yeah. the world and make it better. And they yeah. know that they can use their gifts to make the world a little bit better. Yes. And that's exactly what you're doing, Jamie. When the pages of your life are reviewed and your mission here on the planet Earth is complete, what do you most want to be remembered for? I hope that people would remember me for um, kindness. When mm -hmm. they think of me, that they think of kindness. Mm -hmm. um, 
because I think we need a lot of that in our world today. We need to be kind to each other. Yes, we do. Uh, and not just people. We need to be kind to all the animals. We yeah. need to be kind to the planet. Um, that, you know, we're responsible to the planet, the animals. We're not, and to each other. We're not responsible for each other, but we are responsible to them. Our actions, our behavior, mm -hmm. all of that. We are responsible for how we behave. And our actions and whether they enhance life on this planet or if they harm life on this planet. And I think someday we will need to review that and maybe answer for that. Yeah, we will. Wow, this has been a beautiful interview. I truly appreciate you for being here today, Jamie. Oh, I, I would not it. feel Thank right. You. I wouldn't feel right if I didn't get to ask you if I could see your babies. So you have to show me one of your animals before we go. Okay. <laughs> come here. Come here. I want to see. Oh, here's one. Here's the newest little one. She was rescued. Sophie so is her name. Hi, Sophie. Oh, look. Hi, Sophie. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> she gave you kisses. That's so good. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for being here. Jamie, is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience before we conclude the interview today? Um, you know, just I would just like to let people know that animals have such a power to heal us. Mm. You know, they can teach us about unconditional love. They can heal whatever we're going through and not to feel ashamed that you have these strong feelings or if an animal passes to understand that you will grieve. And, and that's the price of love, just as when a human grieves, mm. you know, unfortunately, a lot of people do get told, oh, it's just a dog or it's just a cat. And no, those people just don't understand and never, never stop yourself or feel like ashamed that you're grieving when they do make their transition, because yeah. this is a this is a powerful relationship, maybe more powerful than you have with any other person. Sure. Uh, and you need to honor that and you need to honor the relationship. And don't don't let anybody tell you what's not true for you. Just follow your truth. And if the rest of the world doesn't like it, that's okay. If the rest of the world doesn't like it, that is okay. Yes. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you so much for being here. I have truly enjoyed our conversation. I'm going to put your contact information up again. Her website is animal-bonds.com. And her email is jamie at animal-bonds.com. Before we go, I'm going to get my baby. One second. I'll be right okay. back. Okay. <laughs> yes. Let's see. Come here, Kyo Kyo. Oh, look. Say hi. Oh, look <laughs> at you. This is my baby girl. Say hi. Talk. <laughs> I'm a star. I'm a star. <laughs> 
you know, she's here for she's here for all of my episodes. It's just she's that pretty. She's always at my feet. Yes, <laughs> my guys usually are too. Yep. She's my audience. But thank you so much for everyone for being here today. This will conclude my 113th episode of Speaking of Love. I've had a beautiful interview today with Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. I bow to your excellence. Oh, thank you. Thank you for being here. For if you if you all have missed any portion of this recording or this podcast, you can always catch it live on YouTube, Facebook, or any podcast platform that you prefer. Speaking of love is there. So thank you all so much and have a great week. <laughs>